Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. This week's episode came about because of a happy accident. A listener had posted on Facebook that she'd love to hear about La Maja y el Ruiseñor from Goyescas by Granados, a piece that I didn't know at all. But when I looked at it, I thought it had some really interesting diction points. At the same time, we did a concert version of Anna Bolena this week with the fabulous tenor José Bros singing Percy, who just happens to be Spanish. So although I hadn't exactly planned it this way, this week's episode is on Spanish diction with José Bros. Our texts for today are both set by Granados. As I said before, La Maja el Ruiseñor and La Maja Dolorosa número tres. We're concentrating on diphthongs and what happens when two or more vowels come together in Spanish, which, as you'll see, happens quite a lot. I thought I'd explain a little how I put these episodes together so that you know what's involved. The first thing that I do is research texts that work together somehow, that have either the same diction point with different examples or some common exceptions that we run into all the time. Then, before the interview, I sort through what examples are possible to use. You'll probably notice that we don't say absolutely every example that's in every text, but that's for purposes of time. So we try to pick out the important ones. Then, after the interview, I put everything into my editing program, and I make a first pass to cut out the fact that I say cool and awesome far more often than I should. Sometimes that process goes very quickly, and sometimes if the questions I asked didn't make sense, or if we said some things out of context or out of sequence, then I take the time to cut and paste everything so that it makes sense to you without being too disjointed. Then I work through it all over again, adding my own commentary, and this is the part that I agonize over. I check every single word and every single rule that I say in every resource that I can find because I know that once it's up on the internet, I can't take it back and I don't want to give anyone the wrong information. Usually by the time I've posted the episode, I have books strewn all about my desk and Miss Kitty is lying all over the papers that I wrote my notes on wondering why the place is such a mess. So you can see that it takes some time and I hope that you can forgive me for not having been as punctual these last few months as I'd like. With a full-time job at the Opera House and getting back to the States to give master classes whenever I can, plus working a little bit around Dresden, coaching privately in my free time and training for another half marathon in the mornings, it's not always easy to balance everything, especially in a week like this one where not only did I have old friends in town visiting on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, but also one of my best friends has been staying with me while she's singing in a production here. But I do my best to get the Diction Police posted as regularly as possible. And, as you can see, because this episode came from a Facebook post, I'm totally open to suggestions from you. I might not always be able to honor them, but I will consider any repertoire that people ask about and see if there's anything we can use from it, so please feel free to send requests and questions. I'll post links to the texts for today at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Our first text for today is La Maja el Ruiseñor from the opera Goyescas by Granados. Granados originally composed Goyescas as a piano solo and later adapted it into a one-act opera in three tableaux. It was supposed to be presented at the Paris Opera, but because of World War I, ended up instead being premiered at the Metropolitan Opera in New York City in 1916, the first production at the Met in Spanish. 
The music was inspired by the paintings of Francisco Goya, hence the title Goyescas. ¿Por qué entre sombras el ruiseñor entona su armonioso cantar? ¿Acaso al rey del día guarda rencor y de él quiera algún agravio vengar? Guarda quizás su pecho oculto tal dolor, que en la sombra espera alivio hallar, triste entonando cantos de amor. ¡Ay, de amor! Y tal vez alguna flor temblorosa del pudor amar es la esclava enamorada de su cantor. Misterio es el cantar que entona envuelto en sombra el ruiseñor. Ah, son los amores como flor a merced de la mar. Amor. Ah, no hay cantar sin amor. Ah, ruiseñor, es tu cantar himno de amor. That was José Bros reading La Maja y Ruiseñor. And I thought in this piece that we would talk about what happens in Spanish when two vowels come together. And, and I'm not going to say diphthongs right away because it's not, they're not always diphthongs. But we do get diphthongs in the title of the piece, actually. Mm -hmm. Ruiseñor. So we go straight to the I in that diphthong. Sí. Tenemos que ir a buscar siempre la segunda vocal. Okay, so we always have to go to that second, second vowel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rui, Rui, señor. Si no, caemos en el problema de decir Rui, señor, Rui, señor, no, Rui, señor, Rui, señor. Yeah, so if we don't do that, then we end up with the wrong, with the wrong stress. Se tiene que producir un legato muy importante entre las dos vocales. Rui, Rui, señor, no, Rui, se no, Rui, señor. Yeah, so it's very important to keep a legato between the two vowels that, that it's not split up. Exactly. So no no glottals between anything either. Yeah. Yeah. Later on in the song we have we also have this u followed by different letters and it's basically the same thing in them, right? Mhm. Mm guarda. Es es el mismo trato. Guarda, no es guarda o guarda, guarda, yeah. envuelta. En la misma importancia hay que darle el mismo valor a ambas vocales. Guarda envuelta, siempre muy ligadas las dos, y al mismo tiempo muy articuladas. Yeah, they're, ¿no? they're very legato, but they're still articulated. You hear guarda, both of them. Si no sería, guarda, 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 envuelta, envuelta. Yeah, and the, Sweet. the V in envuelta. Eh, envuelta. Eh, en español eh, no hay gran diferencia entre B y V. Yeah, so there's not a big difference between a B and a V. Yeah, eso no es como italiano. It's not like Italian, right? Guarda y envuelta. No yeah. es envuelta. Right. Es envuelta. Yeah, okay, so U is one of the, the weak vowels, and the other weak vowel is the I. Mm -hmm. And we have, we, have a co we have a couple of examples where it's, it's followed by a strong vowel in the stressed syllable. Quiera. Armonioso. And again, it seems like it's the same thing. We sí. go straight to that second vowel. No es quiera. Es quiera. Armonioso. Siempre, a mi modo de entender, muy dulce, muy legado, y al mismo tiempo, vuelvo a repetir, articulado. ¿no? Yeah. Quiera. Muy natural, ¿no? Yeah, very naturally, very, very legato, but still we hear both of the sounds. Sí. Yeah. Quiera. Armonioso. And... Armonioso, no. Okay, so how much is the ñ, the end with the tilde, like this armonio, armonioso? No, porque se notaría, notaríamos enseguida el armonioso. La ñ 
se, se, se entiende mucho en español. Yeah. Y es bonito e importante que se pueda diferenciar. Yeah, so it's... Cuando tú haces yo o cuando haces ño, armonioso, puede resultar. Yeah. Pero yo soy partidario de darle la misma trato, la misma importancia a la consonante que a la vocal. La vocal ha de ser pura, dulce y ligada. ¿eh? Yeah, the, the vowels have to be sweet, sweet, sweet and legato and connected and I'm trying to think what all you said there. And there's there is a big difference between the the enye and this niosa, sí. so that and it doesn't get taken into the n. It's a no. separate sound, so that everything actually has yeah. an evenness to it. Y no olvidemos y no olvidemos que se canta sobre las vocales, ¿no? Yeah, that we don't forget, don't forget that we sing vocal, vo uh, vowels, yeah. ¿Eh? Y podemos ligar con las vocales, no podemos ligar con las consonantes. Yeah, ¿no? we can't connect with the, through the consonants, we connect through vowels, yeah. Mm. Okay, so that's, those are in stressed syllables. Is it the same thing when it's in unstressed syllables? Mm -hmm. Agravio, alivio, misterio. It sounds, misterio, 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 misterio. Mm-hmm. El trato que yo le doy siempre es lo mismo yeah. en todos estos casos. ¿no? Yeah, it sounds, yeah, it does, it sounds exactly the same. So we really do get all of the vowels. Agravio, alivio, misterio. Interesante. Yeah. Interesante. And in a, in a word like día, which has an accent, then there's, there's not really a question at all, because if it has an accent, it's always going to be a stressed syllable, the stressed syllable of the word, right? Uh -huh. So then we don't ever have to worry about that. Allí tenemos el énfasis. Allí lo que nos separa es verdaderamente es el acento. Exactly. El acento. Yeah. Día. Yeah. So if it has the accent, then it's always there. Sí. Yeah. If we've been talking about some of these diphthongs with, with I's in them, if an I, a Y is in the same place as an I would be, it functions basically the same, right? Sí. Es la misma. El sonido es el mismo. Como una curiosidad, puedo decir, puedo decir que en español, castellano, rey es con la i griega y en catalán rey es con la i latina. Oh, wow. Una cuestión gramatical, ¿no? Yeah. Pero el sonido es el mismo en ambos. Oh. No, no diferencia el sonido. Yeah, so the, sound, the sound between an, an Y, a Y, and an, oh, an I latina is the same. Mismo. But he, what he said is that in uh, catalán, it's actually spelled R-E-I, and in Spanish, it's R-E-Y, mm -hmm. like we have here. And we also have a few situations where the U doesn't really count as a vowel. It just is here to harden that Q, right? Exacto. Yeah. No sé, hay excepciones que ahora no recuerdo la norma gramatical exacta, uh -huh. pero hay excepciones en las cuales no se pronuncia, al igual que también tenemos eh, la, la G y la G, ¿no? Yeah, Con la G, U, G. Uh -huh. G. ¿Por qué? En cambio, cambia mucho de lo que es la gramática italiana, que sí que hay que pronunciarla, ¿no? Exactly. Yeah, so it's basically the same rules that you have Inicuo, in Italian. Inicuo, ¿no? Inicuo. No, uh -huh. no es inico. Right. Tampoco. Or like it's this, it's like the ch actually. It's more like the ch because then you have qui, que. Exacto. Like the in the que in, in, in español. Sí. Yeah. So we have here. Por qué? Quizás. Exactly, and it's this also the same thing as we had in quiera. Quiera. También. Which looks like three vowels, but sí. it's not really three. Mm -hmm. As we said during the interview, the strong vowels are a, e, and o 
while the weak ones are I and you. A Spanish diphthong is usually made up of one strong and one weak vowel, which makes life easy. The emphasis in a diphthong will then always be on the strong vowel. If there's an accent on any of the vowels, then the two vowels are actually considered part of two separate syllables, so it's not a diphthong at all. Interestingly, we started off this piece with a diphthong created by the two weak vowels, U and I, in the word Ruiseñor. In that case, José said to make the U an on-glide and head towards the I. In most of the other cases, like guarda and quiera, we saw a weak vowel followed by a strong one, and again headed towards the second vowel. In every case, though, you can still clearly hear both vowels. Phonetically, these on-glides will be transcribed as a J-glide or a W-glide. In off-glides, the Spanish diphthong is clearer than German or English, always heading phonetically to its pure vowel. For example, in the German word Haus, although the letter is a U, the second vowel, that, that U, would be actually transcribed as a closed O. In English, Haus, the U would be transcribed as an open U. In a Spanish word like Feudo, the off-glide U is transcribed as an actual closed U. An off-glide I is still transcribed as a J-glide, but as you can hear, it still maintains a real closed E quality. I wanted to make that point too about the enye being different from an N followed by an I as the glide part of a diphthong. In a word like armonioso, we would transcribe this as an N followed by the J-glide. This results in two movements of the tongue, first to make the N and then making the J-glide. In the enye, like we have in Ruiseñor, however, we transcribe this as the N with a tail on the left-hand side, exactly as we do in an Italian word like lasagna or a French word like signe. Our second text today is La Maja Dolorosa, numero tres, and as the title implies, there are also two other La Maja Dolorosas. The term majo, or maja, refers to a certain class of Spanish people known for their elaborate style of traditional Spanish dress in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. Nowadays, the word is more commonly used to mean nice, but we run across it in Spanish art song frequently in its original meaning. De aquel majo amante que fue mi gloria, guardo anhelante dichosa memoria. Él me adoraba vehemente y fiel, yo mi vida entera di a él. Y otras mil diera si él quisiera, que en hondos amores martirios son las flores. Y al recordar mi majo amado, van resurgiendo en sueños de un tiempo pasado. Ni en el mentidero ni en la florida, majo más majo paseó en la vida. Bajo el chambergo sus ojos vi con toda el alma puestos en mí, que a quien miraban enamoraban, pues no hay en el mundo mirar más profundo. Y al recordar mi majo amado, van resurgiendo en sueños de un tiempo pasado. That was José Bros reading La Maja Dolorosa, número tres, or number three, the way it looks to an American eye. <laughs> yeah. And in this text, we seem to end up with two vowels together. I'll often two vowels come in together not in the same word. And, and in fact, in the first four words, this happens twice. De aquel. Majo amante. Okay, so the, and these are all strong vowels. A, uh, yeah, A, O, and E are all the strong vowels. So do you, does each of them get the same amount of stress or are they different? No necesariamente. De aquel. Nos pasa igual cuando teníamos quiera, ¿no? 
quiera, de aquel. Yeah, so it's not the same. It takes more time to say it. De aquel. Porque la, la vocal es más larga incluso, ¿no? De aquel. Quisiera. Quel. Tenemos, uh, coge un poquito más de espacio yeah. la E, porque luego nos viene seguida de una consonante. ¿no? Yeah, we de need... aquel. Yeah, we need more, more space for that sound, sí. because it's headed for the L. Un poquito más, sí. Yeah. And what about in majo amante? Because then we have an O and an A coming together. Majo amante. Majo amante. Majo amante. Con un, una pequeña separación. Sí. Que podamos... Eh, entre majo y amante, sí. Yeah. Majo so amante. So with a little bit of a separation between sí, the two. Sí, majo amante. Majo amante. No, majo amante. Mm -hmm. Majo amante. Porque si no, se transforma en majo amante. And it's one, one crazy amante. word. <laughs> sí. Es, eh, yo creo que abogo más en este momento, apuesto más por un cambio, eh, no tanto en el sonido como en la posición vocal, ¿no? Majo amante, majo amoa, majo amante. So you need to actually go majo more towards amante. the vowels and, and sí. make the distinction between the two. Es el cambio de la posición de la boca. Because ¿no? it changes the, the position in the mouth. Majo amante. Yeah. Pero es importante que podamos distinguir entre la O de majo y la A de amante. Majo amante. Yeah, so there's, yeah, it's very important to get the distinction between the O and the A. Yeah, and it's the same thing even when an H starts a word, right? H. Sí. Pues no hay en el mundo mirar más profundo. So in this no hay, it's, exa it's basically exactly what we had majo, majo amante. Hay que, hay, que hay que producir, no como sería en francés una liaison, sino al contrario, una chacatura, ¿no? O sea, yeah. separar un poco, ¿no? So no liaison like in French. <laughs> pues no hay, pues no hay, pues no, se convierte, pues no hay, pues no hay, no hay, no hay, ¿eh? No H. No, no, ayer. Es esa separación que hace todavía más comprensible la palabra ayer. ¿no? Pero sin, sin glotes. No, sin glotes. No, no es como un stop. Yeah. Pues no, ayer. Pues no, uh, no. Yeah, no tongue pues no, ayer. Pues no, ayer. And this happens often throughout this piece. Sí. Cuando guardo anhelante, me adoraba, majo amado, vida entera. Yeah, and again we have the V at the start that sounds like vida a v. Entera. vida entera. Guardo anhelante, me adoraba. Aquí podemos, en esta frase tenemos la posibilidad de escuchar la B y la V, ¿no? Uh -huh. Guardo anhelante, me adoraba, majo amado, vida entera. Vemos que le damos el mismo trato. No hay diferencia, como decíamos en el anterior texto, entre B y V, ¿no? Yeah, so you can't hear the difference between a B and a V in this case, yeah. Guardo anhelante, me adoraba. Majo amado, vida entera. Yeah, and when, and actually, when we, there's, at the end of this line, we get three vowels all together in three separate words. En este, yo mi vida entera di a él. Aquí tenemos una suerte que estamos hablando de él como pronombre, ¿no? So there's a strength that has to come in the word él. Él. Di a él, no. Di a él, no. Di a él, no. Di a él. A él. So we really want to emphasize that él. Aquí tenemos que dar mucho más énfasis. Una separación, yo siempre digo que... El texto tiene que ser fluido, dulce y ligado, ¿no? Yep. Pero está claro que hay una separación ya natural aquí. Yo mi vida entera di a él. Di. Primero porque tenemos el di, que es verbo, y luego tenemos el él. Esto ya nos crea una separación. Yeah, ¿no? so we need a little bit of a separation di él, there. Di a él, no. Di a él, di a él, no. Yo mi vida entera di a él. 
Yeah, he gave me to him, right? ¿A quién di mi vida entera? A él. Yeah. A él. Yeah. Or he gave, yeah, mi vida entera. He gave my life to him. So di is the, is the verb, like you said. And because of that, we need the real distinction. Di a él. So we di really, a él. We have to get to it. And we have, they all have to be clear. And again, they're all, like you said, in a different place in your mouth. Es muy importante. Es muy importante este. Al contrario sería, voy a el cine, ¿no? Tenemos el artículo contractor, ¿no? Yeah. Voy al cine. Voy a el cine. Separar cuando es artículo, cuando es pronombre, ¿no? Yeah. Yo mi, di, mi vida entera di a él. Di a él. ¿No? A él. A él. Yeah. Al, a él. ¿A quién? A él. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Muy importante. Yeah, the, the example that he gave us was going to the cinema. Voy al cine. 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 O voy a el cine. Yeah. Interesting. And the other case that we have of strong vowels together is in this past form of the word Pasear, which becomes... Paseó. Majo, más majo, paseó en la vida. And there, again, because of the acento... Because El acento the... es muy importante aquí. Porque estamos hablando no de un paseo, sino que de un pasado, que pas... del paseo. Yeah. No es majo, más majo, paseó en la vida. Paseo, no, paseó. Yeah, so it's very important because mm, it makes it the past tense of the verb. Mucho, mucho énfasis en esta O. Yeah, so Hay a lot of emphasis on it. Hay que imprimir mucho énfasis en esta O. Yeah. Majo más majo, paseó en la vida. Yeah. Paseó. Pasear is to come along, right? Is to walk. Sí. Is to go walking. So this sí. is man after man went past. ¿Ora? En pasado, sí. Yeah. Paseó. Yeah. No paseo. Yeah. Paseo es walking, Paseo ¿no? is the walk. Yeah. <laughs> So if you actually get the wrong stress, you have, you've said the wrong, wrong mm -hmm. word. And, okay, in the first text, we had a lot of I-O, we had armonioso, and we had all of that stuff. Sí. And in this one, we have a lot of I-A's. And it's, I think it's going to be the same thing, right? Sí. Para mí, sí. Gloria. Memoria. Armonioso. Memoria. Memoria. Es importante que se entiendan las dos. Muy importante. Que se entiendan las dos vocales. Yeah. It's very important that we hear both of the vowels. Gloria. Ia. Ia. Memoria. Armonioso. Ioso. Ioso. Io. Io. No. Uh, gloria. Glo no. Vuelvo a repetir. Yo creo que el ejemplo sería este. Ligado. Dulce. Pero al mismo tiempo entendible, articulado. ¿Eh? With uh, articulation. And, okay, Gloria. you also sing a lot in Italian. So the difference between saying this in Spanish and saying it in Italian, we would lengthen the vowel in Italian. First of all, we say Gloria, right? Sí. And then the I feels like it's just a little harder sound in bueno, Italian. La G, right? la, la, G, la G es mucho más Gloria. Yeah. Hacen mucho más énfasis ellos en la, en la L, Gloria. Yeah, the GL is much stronger in sí. Italian too, yeah. En español es mucho más dulce, ¿no? It's much sweeter in, in, in Spanish. Gloria. <laughs> We talked a little bit about the letter Y, which means and in Spanish. Uh, what happens when, it's, when it comes before another vowel and it's basically, it feels like it starts the word. Do we again sing more E and then into it or is that shortened somehow? Teniendo en cuenta que nosotros pronunciamos igual la I latina que la I griega. Yeah, ¿no? so the I, the I and the Y, we pronounce the same in Spanish, always. Sí. Y otras mil diera si él quisiera. So here we have, we have the Y at the beginning of it, and we also have a couple of I on glides, sí. too, and you can hear they y sound... Y otras mil diera, y otras mil diera si él quisiera. Y otras mil, y, 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 y. Es siempre y. 
y al recordar mi majo amado y al recordar mi majo amado so it's not like a no, ya it's i es i y otras tenemos que aprender a diferenciar yo no sería yo y otras sería, uh -huh. y otras yeah. y otras y pura what if we have two of the same in a row like in the first text which we didn't talk about we had de and el back to back de él como pronombre ¿no? uh -huh. ¿acaso al rey del día guarda rencor y de él quiera algún agravio vengar? So again, we can hear that tenemos que hacer lo, mis lo mismo lo mismo yo mi vida entera di a él di a él de él porque si fuera el artículo sería del entonces aquí tenemos que hacer mm, producir mucho más énfasis todavía en el pronombre, ¿no? Yeah. El. And and what we have in in here with two vowels of the same, we actually have an H in it, vehemente. Vehemente. And do we do we extend that then? Now neither of these is the stressed syllable. We with del we have a stressed syllable that we have to go to with vehemente. 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 So it's just a little longer. Un poquito más. Just a little bit. Vehemente. Puesto que hay dos. Because there's two. No es vehemente. 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 Yeah. No podemos pronunciar vehemente. Y tampoco vehemente. <laughs> And again, then, then the H doesn't get pronounced at all. No. Nunca. Yeah. No tenemos nunca el sonido. La, la. Ha, ha, ha. Él me adoraba vehemente y fiel. And here again, well, we also have a Y after the A. Vehemente y fiel. Yeah, so we really get all those sounds. Vehemente y fiel. Vehemente y fiel. No, vehemente y fiel. ¿Cómo? Vehemente. ¿Y qué más? Y fiel. Vehemente y fiel. Mm -hmm. And when you run them together, we end up with a little bit more of a lyric, but still all of those sounds. Él me adoraba vehemente y fiel. One thing I seem to have forgotten to translate as we went along was in relationship to the phrase de él. What José said there is that because there is the word del, D-E-L, exactly like in Italian, in Spanish we have to make a special emphasis on the personal pronoun el with an accent over the E to make sure that we recognize the difference between del and de él. We heard the same emphasis with the phrase a él. And in that example, I just wanted to point out again how far front the Spanish L is compared to what we Americans like to say. I really noticed that in hearing Jose say the word aquel, and I just had to point it out again. And as I'm listening one more time, I realize that when he swallows the words to show us an example where they aren't clear, the L goes back a tiny bit. Di a él, no? A él, a él, yeah. al, a él, a quién? A él. Remember that as Americans, we tend to use the back of our tongue to make the L, but Romance languages use the tip of the tongue, and you can hear how bright and forward this helps keep the language, and therefore, the voice. We made a big deal about the past tense form of the verb pasear, which in this text shows up as paseo, with a stress on the O. I just wanted to reiterate that the emphasis has to be on the O, because otherwise, we get the wrong word. There is a word paseo, So be sure to watch out for accent markings in Spanish. Legato, sweet, and articulated. These are Jose's rules for diphthongs in Spanish. And I want to add one thing to that. We've talked about the rapid-fire sound of Spanish before, and this doesn't change with the diphthongs. 
after working so hard to get those long vowels in Italian and sometimes in German, now we have to forget all about that. So, even though we're concentrating on which vowel is stressed in these cases, remember that stressing the vowel in Spanish doesn't make it longer, it just makes it louder and higher in pitch. Jose Bros is one of the leading bel canto tenors of our time, having sung at La Scala, Covent Garden, Teatro Real in Madrid, the Vienna Staatsoper, the Bayerische Staatsoper in Munich, as well as Los Angeles, Washington, Amsterdam, Berlin, Rome, and Tokyo, among many, many others. He also has an extensive discography, including a few complete zarzuelas and a CD of zarzuela arias. Before we ever started looking at the text, he talked to me about the importance of diction. Para mí es muy importante eh, la dicción, siempre. Yo creo que para expresar tenemos que hablar. Eh, el texto cantado tiene que ser primero leído, interiorizado y, mm, y luego cantado. Y poderle darle ese énfasis a cada vocal y a cada sílaba, el peso justo, pero sabiendo lo que estamos diciendo. Y lo más importante para mí en todos estos años ha sido... Sobre todo que cuando has estado en una sala, en un teatro, que el público pueda entender esa palabra, que, que reconozca esa palabra. Sí. A lo mejor no sabe el significado porque no es su lengua, uh -huh. pero el, el público tiene que reconocer ese significado. Sí, es más importante que, que saber la, la lengua. Exacto. Entonces, eh, el, el conocimiento de esa palabra, luego a lo mejor, ay, ay, sí, qué bien, he entendido, he, he podido reconocer todo, y no sé todo, la, no sé todo el significado, pero lo he podido reconocer. Sí. Yo he llegado incluso a veces a sacrificar un sonido por una buena dicción, ¿no? Uh -huh. Es una, una pero no opción. Pero nada. No, porque, bueno, porque hay un trabajo detrás que es paralelo. Yo creo que en el momento que un compositor cogió un libreto y se tomó la molestia de de ponerle música a esas palabras, eh, lo primero que tuvo el compositor en la mano fueron unas palabras, ¿no? Sí. Y sí. Es Capricho, lo... ¿cuál no. es más importante? Ah, <ríe> yo, <ríe> la palabra y la música. ¿sí? sí. José said, for me, diction is very important. In order to express something, it's necessary to speak. The sung text must first be legato, internalized, and then sung to give each vowel the right weight, because we're speaking. And the most important thing for me over the years, whether it's in a hall or a theater, is that the public can understand and recognize the words. Maybe you don't know the exact meaning because it's not your own language, but the audience has to recognize the meaning. And I said, it's more important even than understanding the language itself. Jose's answer was, exactly. They should understand the meaning even if they don't understand the words. Sometimes I choose to sacrifice some beauty of tone for good diction. I think when a composer chooses libretto and sets it to music, it's necessary that we look at the words, right? Which is more important, the music or the text? Siempre hablando en la vida, no estamos hablando siempre así todo, hablamos con un énfasis, con una, le damos sí. más importancia a una sílaba, a una palabra, con, con temperamento, con, sí, con, pasión. con compasión, con tristeza, con... Y eso es lo que tiene que traducirse en la música a través de todas las indicaciones del compositor y a través de las palabras, ¿no? Uh -huh. Que es el medio de comunicación, ¿no? Uh -huh. No solo las notas, ¿no? José said, we don't talk on one level all the time. Sometimes we talk with emphasis, sometimes with passion. Some words and syllables are more important. And it's our job to translate that with the indications of the composer, to communicate that meaning, not just the notes. And I actually didn't realize that I flipped a little into Spanish here, but the question that I'm about to ask Jose 
is if there's a difference between the way he would sing a zarzuela or how and how he would sing an Italian bel canto opera. Son diferencias entre el, el estilo español y el estilo bel canto, el estilo normal de, de italiano. Cantas diferente en zarzuela o es la, la mm, misma cosa. Mi, mi, mi concepto, mi, mi, mi preparación es la misma. Uh -huh. Yo la diferencia que tengo en el repertorio de bel canto italiano y, por ejemplo, en mi lengua, la zarzuela, uh -huh. es que incluso hay que articular mucho más porque en la zarzuela hay no solo canto, sino hablado también, ¿no? Uh -huh. Y en el texto hablado, en un teatro de 3.000 personas, tienes que articular mucho. Yeah. No puedes, ni tampoco puedes hablar así de esta manera, ¿no? <risa> Pero tienes que saber, la articulación es muy importante. Uh -huh. El énfasis, el peso en cada, en, cada, en cada... Yo es lo que he intentado siempre imprimir en mis interpretaciones. Me el, el canto igual. El mismo tratamiento. Yeah. Una buena articulación y, y el legato. El legato es lo que lo que lo más importante. Lo más importante. Y claro, todos sabemos que la, el legato viene con las vocales. Y, y es lo que hay que, que trabajar muy profundamente. Uh -huh. El color de cada vocal. ¿no? Sí. Poderlo sentir, masticarlo y transmitirlo. Sí, color de, Yo, de locales de las, de las palabras. De las palabras. Yeah. Eso es lo que define una palabra, ¿no? Uh -huh. Y es lo que intento yo siempre imprimir. La articulación es muy importante, pero no solo, en general, no solo para el canto. Sí, Cualquier uh -huh. persona que quiera transmitir algo, comunicarse en un congreso de medicina, en cualquier tipo de ponencia, en cualquier tipo de explicación, tiene que tener una capacidad de oración sí. especial, ¿no? Sí. No puedes hablar ni muy rápido, ni muy lento, ni, ni poca articulación. His answer was, my concept, my preparation is the same. The difference that we have in Zarzuela is that it's much more articulated, especially because there's also dialogue in Zarzuela. And when you're speaking in a 3,000-seat house, you really have to articulate. You cannot talk like this ever, he said. <laughs> But you do have to know how important getting the articulation is, the emphasis and the weight of the words. I try to do the same thing in my bel canto repertoire too, well articulated but legato, and legato is the most important thing. We all know that the legato comes from the vowels, this is the fundamental rule. The color of every vowel and of every word, you have to be able to hear it and to transmit it. That's what defines a word. Articulation is very important, and not just for singing. Anyone who has to speak in front of any group has to find the capacity for oration in order to be understood. Jose said he sometimes gives up beauty of tone to make the words more understandable, and I wanted to talk more about that. When I was in grad school, Warren Jones gave a master class, and he was really trying hard to get the pianist to dig into the keys, to make the piece she was accompanying more brutal, because the text was brutal. I forget the exact piece, but it was something about a dying swan, and she was making, making the trumpeting death call of the swan into this lovely and pretty melody. And Warren asked her, Are you afraid to play ugly? <laughs> That has always stuck with me. Most of our lives, we try to make beautiful sounds and beautiful music. But there are times that what we're singing or playing about is vicious, brutal, desperate, agonizing. It's part of life and music, <laughs> especially opera. Think about it. Nobody wants to hear a Scarpia who doesn't have that underlying threat in everything he says to Tosca. My boyfriend laughs at me because I'm always saying, well, that was my subtext. 
But I really think that subtext is more important than words. It goes back to really understanding why you're saying the text. You can say, I love you, with devotion, with anger, with desperation, as a threat. To the audience, the words aren't the important thing. It's the underlying emotion that they need to know to understand the plot. I should have, of course, prefaced this by saying that this is all assuming that you have a solid technique and have worked out the legato. These emotional colors add the next layer of music on top of an already solid foundation. So when Jose says he gives up beauty of the tone, that's what he's referring to. Not that the actual tone isn't beautiful, but that sometimes he concentrates more on the words and their meaning than just trying to make a pretty sound. I actually see it as more beautiful, because musically it's more interesting to use every color at our disposal, not just making pretty sounds, but really bringing the listener along with us. It gives us a glimpse into the soul of the performer, and that's really why we do this in the first place, right? And that's all for today. For more information about Jose Bros, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.